Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome back to the Black Star Network's election night coverage, Black Votes Matter. We are in the beginning of our third hour. We'll be on the air until 1 a.m. Uh, breaking down what's happening. The race is tightening in North Carolina. We'll give you an update on that race in just a second. Uh, the sister in Iowa, she loses in the governor's race. AP is calling uh, the race for Republican Governor uh, Kim Reynolds in that particular uh, state. Uh, and of course, the brother who was running for governor in Arkansas, uh, they've already called that race for Republican Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, joining us right now, folks, is Reverend William Barber, President, Senior Lecturer for Repairs of the Breach, Poor People's Campaign. Also, Dr. Greg Carr, Department of Africa American Studies, Howard University, Dr. Shonda uh, Macias, founder of National Holistic Healing Center. Uh, we also uh, are joined uh, by Killer Bethea, communication strategist, and in a moment we'll be joined by Latasha Brown, co-founder of Black Voters Matter. Reverend Barbara, uh, I, I want to start with you. We were talking about, uh, before we went to the break, Julian was talking about the economy and talking about 
uh, again, uh, Ken is not speaking to these issues. You have been yelling from the rooftops, stop ignoring poor and low income voters. And, and you were running some numbers down to me last night that was powerful. The number of poor and low income voters in these states uh, who are not voting. We're talking about 500, 700,000, a million, upwards of a million, two and a million, three. That's how you win elections if you target them. That's what you've been saying for the longest. You're right, Roland. And as Julianne said, you can talk about both the economics and the abortion. For instance, there's 73 million poor and low-wage women in this country, and poor and low-wage women are the ones that will be hurt the most by denying voting um, abortion rights. I don't know why in the world that, that Democrats are not honing in on this. For instance, if, if Sherry Beasley pulls this out, and, we, and it's closer than many thought, you know, we contacted 717,000 poor and low-wage voters in North Carolina who had not been voting. Uh, 56,000 uh, formerly incarcerated people received their uh, voting rights back because we are part of a coalition uh, with Second Chance that fought to do that. The numbers are there. In North Carolina, <clears throat> the margin of victory in 2020 was only 70,000 votes for Trump, but 1,179,000 voters, poor and low-wealth voters, did not vote. In Ohio, the margin of victory was only 470,000 votes, but 1,695,000 poor and low-wealth voters did not vote. Uh, in Florida, the margin of victory was 370,000, but 2,828,458 voters, poor and low-wealth voters, did not vote. And in Pennsylvania or Georgia, the margin of victory was only, what, like 12,000. But the, uh, uh, the number of poor and low-wealth voters who didn't vote in Georgia was 1,076,000 people. You cannot have those kind of numbers and not have intentional on-the-ground, not on TV, on-the-ground campaigns to reach those people. You cannot run campaigns and not talk about economics where you have upwards of a million people, uh, and, and as I said, in Florida, two million people who are poor and low-wage, and you not even talk to them. And what we also know now is in 2020, <clears throat> when Biden and Harris were talking about living wages and voting rights together, that 54 percent of poor and low-wealth people, not black, poor and low-wealth people, voted for that ticket because they at least heard something about their experience. So I think when Democrats didn't talk about all that they have done, uh, but also, when they failed to pass living wages and didn't have a second vote on it to show, make sure people knew where people stood, and then did not have a direct campaign to poor and low welfare, if the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival with voters, with volunteers, can reach 5.1 million uh, low propensity voters in 50 days, what should a party be able to do? Uh, and uh, it, it's trying to get through, and, and I'm going to keep hammering this, uh, and you know this, when you have these white strategists who control the money, who control the messaging, who control the candidates, uh, they keep trying to say, oh, let's go, let's go after all those white suburban voters. You win by turning out your base voters and the people who you can con likely convince to actually vote. And if you have an economic message that's appealing to working-class workers, we talked about that earlier when Lee Saunders have asked me, then you can turn those people out. And guess what? You don't need those suburban voters because you got enough folks out there, but you got to talk to them. You got to show up. You got to speak to them. You got you to go touch them. 
we put people on the ground. We created another C4 as part of repairs called Rev Up, and we put people on the ground in key places in North Carolina. People literally were crying when folk knocked on their doors and said people had not talked to them in 10 to 15 years. Uh, that is untenable. That is uh, morally uh, uh, indefensible and economically insane. For any politician, the group of folk trying to win to be that politically inept, that you don't go after this God and you keep saying, well, poor whites are voting against their own. First of all, it's not true in, when you look at the numbers. But more importantly, uh, Roland, what you just said, the, 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 I wrote an article in the US to, USA Today about the real swing voters are poor and low-wage voters because there's not one state in America where if just 25% of poor and low-wealth voters who have not voted in the last few elections, if they could be organized in a block, could not change that election and close the margin of victory. And in most states, Martin, like Florida and Georgia and Pennsylvania and Michigan and Ohio, it's under 10%. And then in North Carolina, it's 19%. But the party cannot continue to walk away and think that what you can do is just bring some high-powered speaker in at the last moment. It's going to be planting the seed over and over again, even when we're not in the middle of an election, and then talking to people and going to them door by door, call by call, and reaching out to people. Otherwise, we are literally leaving the victory off of the field. Um, Greg Carr, uh, that, that whole point there in terms of organization, 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 uh, th that's how you do it. Uh, this here, uh, early, go to my iPad. This is, uh, as uh, Brianna, I think, spoke about this here. This is the University of Michigan, uh, how folks were voting on that campus. There were similar lines at the University of Houston. Uh, and so uh, if, if, if you're not targeting these people uh, in a concerted way, that's the University of Houston right there, Greg. Uh, you know the case at Howard University as well. Uh, those are the folks who are likely going to be, uh, who are going to be appealing, or be appealed to a message uh, that Democrats and progressives offer, uh, but if you keep trying to get, you trying to, they just keep trying to get that mythical white suburban woman, uh, and the bottom line is she gonna let you down every time. <laughs> no question, Roland. Well, our brother, uh, our brother um, Barber, brother Barber, Reverend Barber has framed it. This is what Gary Chambers was screaming for a uh, better part of a year. Get those people who haven't voted to the polls. I spent all day today in conversation with young people. Uh, with my Howard students talking about this. And, you know, a number of them, and, you know, didn't get their absentee ballots. I had students who drove home to Georgia, to Pennsylvania to vote and, because they didn't get their ballots in time, uh, flew to Texas to vote, all these things that were going on. But one thing that we are encouraged by, and we certainly saw this, we saw the students at North Carolina A&T uh, lined up to vote. Uh, Virginia State, our frat brother up there, the president of Virginia State, McCall Abdullah, uh, they closed the, the university today for people to go out and vote. And maybe that makes the difference in those three uh, house races that we are looking at, you know, Spanberger and the other two. Um, one of them is, is leading. I think Wexton is leading in the, in the D.C. suburbs. But uh, at Southern University, the young people took the second line to the polls. And, of course, uh, Raphael Warnock and, and, and Angela Robert on the campus of the Atlanta University Center today, Morehouse, Spelman, and other places. So young people are engaged. But one thing the young people are saying to me today, and we were in deep in conversation about this, is that there is a sense that this electoral system is not working. And so trying to generate enthusiasm really is a matter of organization. And as Reverend Barber has said, and we were all together with him uh, and, and Reverend Thea Harris down at the uh, Poor People's March this summer, we've got to now 
engage in the next leg of this cold civil war. Whatever happens tonight, it's very clear that we are in a moment now that is getting closer and closer to that moment in the 1890s, 1900, 1910, when these white nationalists, having recovered from Reconstruction, are fighting with everything they have. They're trying to roll back this clock to the 1950s, and we're simply not going to stand for it. Um, Reverend Barber, um, I'm going to go to you. And, and look, um, uh, no matter what happens tonight, uh, the next wave is going to be local elections in 2023 and what happens in 2024. Uh, and you see what happened in Florida. Demi uh, Republicans, uh, for the first time since Reconstruction, control all of the levers of power in that particular state. Uh, we're seeing what is happening. Same thing uh, in Texas. You don't change that if you keep doing the same thing that, that led to you losing. This would be allowable if Democrats had fought and won uh, the voting bill that John Lewis put in place and restored the Voting Rights Act and had said to Manchin and Cinema, you can get your infrastructure, but you will not get it if you do not vote for voting rights, for the John Lewis bill as it was written, and for living wages. Those three things should be pushed together. What we need now is we're going to have to organize deeply. One of the things we're fighting for with Rev Up is to have at least a four uh, uh, poor and low-wage workers who are organizers for every electoral college vote in a state. So in North Carolina, it would be 60, working year-round, going into the communities, building from the bottom up, and raising these issues. You know, also, Roland, we, we, we brought a group of ministers to the Capitol Hill that represent over 50 million people. Uh, in October, September, and we said to the Congress, have one more vote on living wages and voting rights and women's rights that you, even if you lose the vote, so that the public could see clearly who's not with them. You're talking about 55 million people when you talk about the need for a raise of a, a minimum wage of at least $15 an hour, and that's 43% of African Americans. This business of having one vote and then quitting and not pushing and organizing is, is hurting us. But what we must do now, we can't wait on the party anymore, Roland. We, and we, we've got to, and in the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, we've now got 38 coordinating committees. We're going to continue to go deep. As I said, we practiced. We tried this year. Last time, we did 2 million voters. This year, we did 5.1 million touches. In, uh, in 50 days, we're going to analyze where that made a difference. We're going to analyze how it got things closer, and we're going to continue to drill down, because what we're not going to do is leave the sleeping giant of 27 million people. That's how many folk out there rolling, uh, poor and low-wage folk, did not vote in the last election. 50, I think it was 52 million that voted, but something like 27 was left. 27 million and 80% of them in some states are already registered to vote. They just need to be touched directly, and we need to articulate an agenda of these candidates do that appeals to them and pulls them into the polls. Indeed. Reverend Dr. William J. Barber, we certainly appreciate it, sir. Uh, thanks a bunch. Keep up the great work. Thank you, my brother. All Take right. Care. All right, then. I'm going to walk over here to uh, our panel over here. Then I'm going to just write, Monique, put your damn food up. Uh, you think I was coming. Um, yeah, yeah, you busted. Uh, go ahead, Scott. Go on over to the other side. Go on. Y'all walk on over. Go on with Brandy. Go ahead. That's right. Go on. That's how we do it here. Just, just, just stop talking and walk. Just go on. Stop. Kappa, just go on. Sit your ass down. Sit your little short ass down. Go on. I don't want to hear all that nonsense. Um, I, I, I want to hear the, hey, 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 take, hey, hey. Hey, Coke ain't paying no bills over here. Take that Coke can down, Sprite down. They ain't getting no freebies. Uh, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs>
All right, if they will cut the check, all right, we'll do that. So uh, they cut the check for Essence, not for this. All right, uh, all right. So let's, uh, so, Randy, you over there? Uh, so let's let's let's, get, let's let's break this thing down. Uh, and also, y'all, flip this monitor. Hey, uh, uh, hey, I know who my man right here is. Uh, I need you to flip the monitor, bro. Let's let's talk, let's talk about um, let's talk about. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead, Larry. You called it earlier. Uh, total wipeout, Democrats in Florida again. Um, uh, you got a hey 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 we got a live show going over here. <laughs> I think they're a family reunion or something. All right, Larry, go ahead. Listen, Roland, you you said it a few minutes ago. I called it. Um, you know, listen, Democrats in Florida really need to figure out what the message is. Not only that, let me put another word for it. What's the consistent message to members of the black community, but also to the Latino Latino community in the state of Florida? Listen, it was a wipeout. I, like I said, we called it. DeSantis. And now we have to have six more years of Rubio. And I say we, well, me, really, because I live in the state of Florida. But what happened in Florida is really a microcosm of the bigger issues in terms of the Democratic Party, in terms of the national, consistent national message. And like we talked about earlier, it has to be 365, 24-7, you know. And listen, Roland, you've talked a lot about black media and the lack of support of black media, particularly your show and other black shows. We, Democrats, particularly Democratic leadership, the DNC, et cetera, has to put money into black media to get black folks energized throughout the year with a consistent message. Because when we don't do that and we, sh you know, I love President Obama, but when we air drop them in a couple days before the election, that's not part of a consistent message. And look, we know we live in a celebrity culture, but we have to do a better job of explaining to black folks why you should vote Democratic, what we can do for you, and also what have we done for you. Mm -hmm. And when you don't do that, you get wipeouts in Florida, and then we have to wait and see what happens in some of these other states. Kelly, on the, uh, the point Reverend Barber was making about what bills uh, get voted upon, did, uh, Joe Biden spent a whole bunch of political capital on his infrastructure bill, and it was a dud with voters. Again, uh, you talk about, again, a calculation. Even if they had made another run at a voting bill and that economic bill Barbara was talking about, if you at least make the attempt, you show folk you're trying. And I think that's the crux of the problem when it comes to the Democratic Party. It doesn't feel like they're trying, especially when it comes to outreach for black voters. Like, all for the past two weeks or so, I've seen this push towards black voters as far as, uh, as politicians reaching out to us and the like. But as someone who has been following this since the primaries, it's it just feels like you you want us for the end result, and that's it. It's like you use us literally as a token each and every election, and that's it. And, I, and it's really frustrating because on some level it still works because I'm looking at the polls right now, I'm looking at the results right now, and they're getting what they want out of us, which is our vote, but at what cost? Because we they got our vote, but are we going to get the policies that we requested? Are we going to get the change that we seek? And the pessimist in me is saying no, because they used this as a token. They didn't use this as um, anything else other than a pawn in this political game, and that is what's frustrating. And unless Black people say that ahead of time, it is going to continue having this uh, this issue. We're going to continue seeing positive results, so to speak, but not 
at our benefit. It's always going to be for the party. Well, I'll, I'll say this, Monique. Uh, again, we could talk about, uh, in terms of, Kelly said they're getting what they want. I still go back to, the issue is not the percentage of black vote. It's the number of people who's actually turning out. And again, this is where, and I'm just going to keep saying it, Reverend Barbie even said it, we can't leave this in the hands of a party. This is where black voters matter, other groups. This is where we have to make a decision. Are we going to fund our own institutions and have boots on the ground and not wait for somebody and then hope and pray they actually spend some money? Right. I mean, and I'm a Democrat. So uh, the they is me. And I, I take ownership of what happens in the party. Uh, and I think that black voters who are Democrats, who don't just vote the way they, whoever they is, want us to vote, but instead are on the ground and actively a part of the process. And now you have Mel and some others on your own nonpartisan, um, but who work year after year, I believe we do see results. I agree with what Reverend Barber said, that we can't wait for a particular political party because we align wherever our interests align. But I think it's clear, at least in this country right now, that there is no part of the Republican Party, there's no part of the grand old party that has any interest, any desire, or any follow-through in terms of doing things that matter in the black community. Uh, and that is what Democrats have done during the Biden-Harris administration. And I can name enough examples of it that I believe everybody has been touched, whether it's by health care, or whether it's by PPP, or whether it's by infrastructure, or whether it's by um, cheaper prices on drugs, or whether it's by uh, the most black judges who've been appointed, uh, black women judges, of all of the administrations combined. So I can't get on board with, we don't get anything in exchange for our vote. I just believe that that's patently false. Do we get everything that we want? No, nobody does. Do we get everything that we should? No, and that's why we work. Uh, but I think that the difference between the parties is clear. Uh, Dylan Sellers, National HBCU Manager for Fair Election Center's Campus Vote Project. Glad to have you here, uh, Dylan. Um, when you talk about, again, what do we get, I, it was amazing to me, all the people who kept saying, man, we ain't got nothing for Biden, nothing for these, these, these CBC people. And I'm like, uh, do you understand the billions that literally came to HBCUs? Uh, when President Biden spoke in North Carolina A&T, he could have done a roll call on the amount, the, the money that actually came to, North, to HBCUs in North Carolina. And then I had somebody tell me, which and I really want, I, I, think, I, I think I did cuss them out. I don't know if I wanted to. I think I did cuss them out. And they were like, well, how did the money going to HBCUs help black people? And I'm like, um, first, dumbass, um, HBCUs, you got students, you got faculty, you got staff. Oh, there are actually businesses that are around the HBCUs that also help as well. I mean, it, it was just my body. So this notion that, oh, six billion going to HBCUs is just going to be relevant. That's crazy. Dylan? Go ahead. Can you hear me? Dylan, can you hear me? All right, so y'all let me, okay, y'all get Dylan's audio uh, fixed there. Uh, that to me, Avis is nuts. It is nuts, uh, and, but here's the, the bigger challenge. It's, it's indicative of a bigger problem. And it's not just a problem that the Biden administration has. It is, unfortunately, a problem that seems to be indicative of the Democratic Party, is that the party does care a lot about policy, 
but they are clueless when it comes to messaging around their policy victories. I mean, they, they win elections. When we get in office, we're very focused on getting the thing done, doing, trying to get things done. But there is zero effort in really messaging so that the public knows what is done. And if you're going to wait until the 11th hour to start telling people, it's not enough time for the messaging to really take hold. So yeah, there have been some incredible victories. Um, obviously, not everything. But there are things that this administration can be very proud of. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, however, uh, you know, it's like we, they get in a little bubble. They do what they need to do on Capitol Hill. And in terms of letting the general public know, and specifically yeah. the black People community don't know? Every day. Exactly. Uh, 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 first of all, Dylan, can you hear me now? Okay, all right, so y'all uh, let me know. Uh, let me go to Shonda Macy's with the National Holistic Healing Center. Shonda, here's a perfect example. Uh, Biden waits uh, late in the game to make his, uh, make his marijuana decision. Uh, and I'm like, dude, what the hell? You watch wait till October. I mean, you kind of do that a little bit earlier, maybe in August. Now you got September, October to talk about it. You don't just like give essentially two or three weeks. You have to build things up. That's a perfect example. That and the student loan decision. I just thought it was just too late in the game. I agree. You know, what's so crazy, Roland, is that the cannabis industry, with these five cannabis bills coming on board today, most likely, it's going to be $1.7 billion just in the first year. And Biden's salute to saying, let's go ahead and pardon people who have been convicted of drug policies that were unfair to them in the first place, at this point in the game, is unfair to our community. We should have had that signal to be a part of the cannabis industry years from now so we could actually, one, look at sensible policy that can help install our voting rights for those that were disproportionately impacted, and also think about the entrepreneurial aspects. But even with that, I have to always go back. Patient rights to cannabis will free our community. And until our community gets on board and support that narrative, the vote still won't count for us because we'll be excluding ourselves. Uh, Michael, uh, when we start talking about, again, in, in terms of how this night uh, uh, is shaping up, uh, one, uh, people keep talking about because it must have a national me message. Well, actually not true, because first of all, congressional races are 700,000 people, okay? Yep. So it depends upon your congressional race. And so, look, uh, Tim Ryan runs in Ohio for U.S. Senate. Right. He has to run a different race this year at Beasley runs because it's a different state. Exactly. Same thing in Florida, same thing in Texas. So you can't have the same message. That's why what AOC runs on in one place can't be the same as somebody who's running in California. Or, and even if you talk about California, Katie Porter is representing Orange County. Okay, she can't run the same as Maxine Waters, right. and so people people just get, get get deluded with that. But but I do think that I do believe that one of the greatest failures of Democrats across this country was not taking advantage of we did this 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 dealing with the economy. Exactly. And literally saying again, exactly. I, I, I guess what keeps jumping out at me is that scene in uh, Jungle Fever. Uh, when Flipper, played by, uh, by uh, uh, Wesley Snipes, was leaving the architecture firm, he was like, mine, 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 mine. And they were like, ego, ego, ego. He was like, hell no, I did all the work. You gotta take credit for shit you do. Exactly. exactly. And you gotta tell people, yeah, we did this. You know, you got that fifteen hundred dollars check. See, you gotta be real black. It, it's you gotta be real black. Yeah. It's, it's like, so like, if, if I, if I gave.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Somebody some money. Right. And then they act like they forgot I... <laughs> Who the hell gave you $1,500? Right, exactly. That's, that's where I come from. You got to remind folk what you did. Exactly. And, you know, I talked about the American Rescue Plan uh, a number of times. The reason why Democrats really had to drive home the point of how the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan saved the economy and no Republicans in the House and the Senate voted for the bill is because the bill was passed and signed into law in March 2021. So that is two year, two two months basically into the Biden Harris administration. So people don't make a, dis- a, a distinction between that COVID bill and the two previous COVID bills under Trump. 
you have to explain to people and what, what was in it and what was in it over and over again. Forty-six and a half billion dollars for um, renters' assistance and uh, landowners, uh, 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 property owners. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. And this what? Okay, something wrong with your mic. Uh, so come fix it then. Y'all come out. Your mic fail. Uh, okay. Your mic okay. fail. Okay. Well, find your mic, Michael. It was on the floor. What? 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 <laughs> well, Michael. <laughs> I didn't know it fell. I'm telling you to find your microphone. Uh, so I'm like, he told me it's on the floor. Pick that shit up. What's wrong with you? But here's so, so here's the whole point here. Again, as you're laying out, see, here he, he, here's what here's what Biden and the Democrats would do. Uh, we have four to six billion dollars for rental assistance. No, 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 no. You got to say, who helped y'all pay your rent, Grant Card? Right. There you Thank go. You. Who helped you, you go. from getting evicted? There, there you go. We did. Right. You Who go. didn't help you from getting evicted? Right. Them. Exactly. It's same thing with insulin. Well, we tried to cap insulin at $35. Republican didn't get... No. Big Mama <laughs> spending $400 a month on insulin. We right. wanted Big Mama to spend $35. Right. Hey, Joe, what does, what does my man Joe Madison say? You gotta make it, you gotta put it put where the ghost can get it. it. Yeah. You right. gotta make it plain, Greg. Yeah. Uh oh. Guys, pull up Greg. He's on mute. And I got my mic fixed too. <laughs> yep, I can't hear Greg. There we go. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, yeah no, I was uh, saying, even as we enter the first stages of what's gonna be a long night in the next long few days, you know, that is the kind of messaging that has to uh, has to be done. And it has to be done between election cycles. We know that. That's what everybody is saying. I mean, but unfortunately, here we are. Here we are. And of course, the early, uh, the early results seem to indicate that things may not be, certainly not going to be what the pollsters were talking about. But uh, we've seen the young brother, the 25-year-old uh, Maxwell Frost, the Afro-Cuban, uh, take Val uh, Deming's seat uh, in Florida. Uh, we've seen, uh, unfortunately, we should all pray for the state of Arkansas, since they seem to have elected uh, Sanders as the governor. But uh, Massachusetts has elected Healy, so she's that's, that's a seat that's been flipped, and, and and Shapiro is being called in Pennsylvania, and this is before all the votes are coded, of course. Well, there are two Supreme Court uh, uh, seats in the in North Carolina that are very closely being contested, 51-49 for the white nationalists at this point, but of course we know that as we uh, put it where the goats can get it, something is going to happen in the next election cycle between 22 and 24 that may change everything. The Supreme Court is going to hear this uh, this Moore case out of North Carolina, where they may turn over the legislative control in the state legislatures in the state to the white nationalists to basically wreck the federal elections. We are facing a moment when this election may set up a better scenario for Democrats for 2024, because we're going to have real enemies to run against for the presidential election. And God help God help us if Kerry Lake wins in Arizona, because while everybody's looking down at that uh, char uh, charisma-less pufferfish in Florida, uh, DeSantis, you better be worried about a female Trump who's been on TV who talks a little slicker and doesn't turn down any interviews and ain't too crazy. It might be Kerry Lake we're looking at in 2024. And at that point, if they lock in these legislatures to really rig the election, we got a real problem on our hands. Um, earlier, folks, I was on social media and, and I saw uh, this tweet and I said, look, we got to get them on the show. I I'm always talking on this show, and y'all know this. Anybody who doesn't watch this show and they say I don't discuss uh, mobilization organization, they lying. 
I'm always talking about how you can use your circles and begin to build your circles uh, to get folks registered. So uh, joining us right now, folks, uh, a group of folks who actually have done that. First of all, Prentice Haney is co-executive director for Ohio Organizing Collaborative. He's joined by Ebony Deloach, uh, as well as uh, Michelle Deloach. Uh, and Prentice had a tweet, and he was talking about how, what, what, what the Deloaches did uh, organizing their friends and family. Uh, and we're talking about uh, what Prentice, what jumped out. So, so the Deloaches, uh, y'all use your network, and y'all registered or got what, 20,000 folks voting? So explain, what did y'all do? How did y'all do this? Uh, we just recruited people in um, different neighborhoods to uh, recruit family, friends, um, whoever they think probably wasn't most likely to vote. We just recruited them to um, tell their family and friends to vote. So y'all y'all, so just said, look, we got to do something and just it began to build and just kept building and building? Yes, yeah. yes. That's exactly what happened. So these two are um, a part of our Canvas team with the Ohio Organizing Collaborative. They've been with us all year. They started off registering thousands of voters. We registered uh, 40,000 voters this year, which crossed our 400,000 voter goal since the inception of our program a couple of years ago. And then when we switched gears towards get out the vote, we decided that the most important thing we could do is reach out to our friends and family to vote because it's the most potent way to get people to vote, especially black voters. And so when we went out, we had a goal of 50,000 uh, relational contacts throughout the state. And to Ebony Deloach, she, you know, she's a little shy right now. <laughs> she, she was like, oh, 50,000, I know, I know I could do that with just my family. And so over the course of 25 days, she sat down, made a list, went out to the park, went to the churches, went to the schools. Her daughter here, Michelle, was a first-time voter this year, and they recruited over 1,000 volunteers, which we call democracy builders, to contact 15 to 20 of their friends and family. And over the 25 days, 20,000 Cincinnatians in Hamilton County were contacted to go out and vote. And when we look at the data, 86% of those voters were African-American voters over 60% of them were under 39 years old. So when we're talking about, you know, you all were just talking about how the Biden administration has delivered and done all these things, but it's so hard to get the message out. I knew that this story, when we talk about what's gonna happen in Ohio, no matter what happens in Ohio, that this woman, Ebony Deloach and her family, went out and delivered for black voters in Ohio. And this is what's, some, what's capable in all places across this nation. But we know what this woman went out there, she had the determination to make sure that her family did it and she reached, you know, numbers that no one has seen um, in this county. And I guarantee you nobody um, talking to more people than Ebony when they're out in the community. <laughs> and, and, and that's why I wanted to have y'all on, Ebony, because I saw the tweet. I know MSNBC, CNN, ABC, none of these folks will be calling y'all. Uh, but, but these are the kind of stories that we need to give folks encouragement out there who say, well, you know, I'm waiting on somebody to knock on my door. No, this is what we've been saying all night, how we must take matters into our own hands if we want to see results. Yes. Yes. And it, what's so great is that Michelle... She did all this and just turned 18 this year, and today was the first time she ever voted. You gonna, she, you gonna say something? <laughs> I feel empowered to be able to vote. Y'all don't understand, like, it's so many people that's out here that's my age and feel like they vote don't count. It's crazy. It's a blessing to be able to vote and still be here at well, 18 years uh, age. Well, I'm glad you actually talked. You were just sitting there trying not to say nothing, uh, and I'm like, come on, say something, but, but that is... Uh, and the thing that 
that also that, that I think is great because of what y'all done, y'all collected data. So now when it's time to move folk to the school board, to the city hall, the county government, state legislature, or you have a database and now can go back to remind folk, hey, we need 500 to show up, 1,000 to show up. That's what organizing and mobilizing is about. That's exactly it. And I'm going to do you one better, uh, uh, Roland. While they went out and they did 20,000 in Hamilton County, overall Hamilton County with the rest of our team, they reached over 50,000. And then in Franklin County, they reached over 75,000. So across the state, 75,000 families, friends, co-workers, colleagues were touched and told to go out to vote through over 3,500 3, volunteers. The majority of those are African Americans. There's no one in the state of Ohio talking to that many black voters. We run the biggest and the largest black empowerment program and voter empowerment program in the state. And we know that those numbers are going to make a difference tonight. And, and you know, I said it in a tweet, and I'll say it again. Any candidate, especially Hamilton County, if they win by a margin, any margin, in Cincinnati tonight, it will be because of this woman right here, her daughter, her mother, and their grandkids. They all went out there, made that happen. And, you know, they are not waiting around to see if the Democrats are going to deliver for themselves. They're delivering for their own communities, and they're going to continue to do that. Well, that's why I wanted to show y'all some love. Ebony, that is awesome. Uh, Michelle, uh, that is awesome, being 18, out there doing your thing. Prentice, uh, mm -hmm. thanks for posting that tweet. That's how I saw it. Uh, and we're certainly glad uh, y'all were on the show. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Now, I appreciate it. That right there, uh, Melanie Campbell, who joins us, is what we're talking about. As I'm, I'm about to walk over to the other side there, Melanie. That's what I'm talking okay. about when we talk about people taking control of their own destiny. They didn't ask anybody uh, uh, right. anybody for, uh, for permission. They just went and said, uh, this is our community. Let's do it. Yeah, and that's, and that's what time it is, right? Um, and I was listening, and that was really powerful to hear that from the sisters and the brothers. Uh, from Ohio, um, and uh, it is going to take, Roland, you know, it's been a long year, not just a long night, um, as we struggle through this 2022 year. Um, but I do think that our folks showed up, as, uh, they, uh, showed up, you know, and we'll see where the dust settles, and then we'll pick up from there, because uh, the fight will continue, uh, and we'll also celebrate some victories. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, folks, I'm back over here with the Wild Bunch, uh, and uh, we're joined by two loudmouth youth group members. Uh, Michael Brown, <laughs> former chair of the DN uh, former member of the DNC Finance Committee. You know he's an Omega. Uh, you didn't wear any purple. I'm shocked. Oh, 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 them, oh, oh, them ugly ass shoes you got on. All right, and then of course we got the little Kappa in the house. Uh, Scott Bolden, he's here, uh, and so uh, just like just like a Sigma, uh, glad to have him here. How's the Alpha world? How's the Alpha world? big Alpha you, world. You damn skippy. <laughs> Remember, Alpha's your daddy. Uh, and of course, we got a DI expert. We got Randy Bryant over here. Uh, Randy, how you doing? I'm just trying to stay quiet and keep out of this. No, 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 no. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't got to do that. Uh, I got to smack him down. So, uh, all right. So. Uh, we, so, 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 yeah, so re on. some results here. All right. So what? So what? You AK, you AK, y'all two deltas. Remember that Alpha still all y'all's daddy. All right. So remember, uh, huh? Uh, the number we first. Remember. You said me. You say Alpha's are my daddy. Easy. Without Alpha, y'all can't aside. See, y'all, y'all need, y'all need our name. All right. Um, uh, in Georgia, they've called the governor's race for Stacey Kemp. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for Brian Kemp. Uh, and then uh, it's too close to call the U.S. Senate race uh, in uh, Georgia. 
Uh, Bud has gone ahead with about 60% of Cherry Beasley in North Carolina, but we're trying to assess what counties uh, are still out, where the votes are there. So that race uh, is flipping. So, uh, again, pray for Beasley in that race. Still waiting to get information on the Mandela Barnes race uh, against Ron Johnson is in Wisconsin. Uh, and so, um, and so all of this talk about, uh, you know, a, a, a red, uh, red wave, you know, we'll see what happens. Everybody keeps focusing uh, on Florida, uh, Michael, and this is how media runs after this. But if you ignore, as Greg was saying earlier, if you ignore the fact that Democrats win the governor's mansion in Massachusetts, uh, and then you begin, begin to look at some other uh, other races. Uh, Spanberger looks like she's going to win in Virginia. Uh, we saw what DeSantis did in Florida by his, his illegal power. Uh, and so they wiped out Democrats there, picking up three House seats there as well. Uh, and, of course, the whole gerrymandering effort. Uh, I mean, w what people are seeing is what happens when you have control at the state level. Absolutely. Um, and, by the way, Senator Hansen is doing very well in New Hampshire. Um, so she, she should be able to pull that out. Um, but, you know, we, uh, and you've been talking about it all night, we always talk about it, about people of color, and we love the top of the ticket. We forget about you, you gotta go all the way down through that ballot, through the initiatives, the resolutions, everything. And we just sometimes, if, if Obama's not on the ballot, or if Trump's not on the ballot, we sometimes forget that we gotta vote in midterm elections. That's why I'm worried about Georgia. It would be great if Warnock could get to 50 percent. Right. Otherwise, we got to rely on people of color to come out twice in the month. And, and remember, they changed the rules at, at the last time, uh, not allowing people uh, to register during the runoff period because they were ticked off the folk who didn't <laughs> register during the general who didn't register in the runoff. Right. So, you know, people need to, uh, you know, we, you know, it's tough. And obviously, Reverend Barber talks a lot about um, educating folks to understand their responsibility. Um, to participate in this democracy, which means voting for everything from city council to president. Uh, but, Randy, when, not, when it comes to the issues, though, it also has to be broadened. I, I really think Democrats made a huge mistake somehow thinking the Roe v. Wade decision was the be-all to end-all, and that's what everybody was going to be voting on. That simply wasn't going to be the case. Uh, it, there needed to be... Uh, I mean, you, you got to hit folk on different issues. It was clear the economy was a fundamental issue. It was clear inflation was an issue. Uh, and to somehow think that the Dobbs decision was just going to just going to be it, that's crazy. You need as many votes as possible, not just hope uh, more women turn out than you expect. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. I believe that they thought that when the Roe versus Wade was overturned, that it absolutely was going to be a watershed moment for us. And I believe they somewhat got comfortable and and, and lazy to And be it looked good in early in the summer. It did look But good. that was early. People forget. Right. And, and you know, we have. Well, inflation we, kept rising. Right. And that's right. it. And at the end of the day, people are going to vote with their pocketbooks. Can I get to work and not spend so much money on, on gas? Can I pay my rent? Is the rent affordable? At the end of the day, you have to deal with the issues of, that people have just to survive. And particularly when you look at the Democrat, the Democrat, the, uh, the, the profile of a typical voter. That's not people who are actually right now concerned with Roe versus Wade, if we're being honest about it. And so, yeah, I think, I think that was a major mistake. But, but the, but that the Democrats made. had an argument and a message. They were just afraid to run with it, to run to the inflation well, issue, then they didn't have and a to message. say what their legislative accomplishments they didn't have were. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If and they to, had an argument and they were afraid to run to it, that means they had no message. Come on. Right, well, I'm gonna ask. They, they didn't know how to craft a message. No, they thought the Dobbs decision, they, they thought that the Dobbs decision Agreed. and democracy Agreed. on the ballot <clears throat> was going to 
trump inflation. That's crazy, but that's what they decided to do strategically. But, but I think it's because a lot of people you know, actually blame Biden. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They blame Biden for inflation. And so the issue is, right. it's saying, okay, the reason why Republicans can say inflation, 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 because someone was in office who should have been able to, or they say, cause inflation, right? So I think it was more that the Dems were running from that because there was too much causal for who was already in power. Well, the and president's so, always going to get blamed. But, but Julian, for, here, but here's, here's, but, but Julian, here's what Dems did not do. And I understand, and I didn't hear it. They didn't say these punk-ass corporations are jacking up prices, record profits. Right. They wouldn't call the corporations out. No, I make them the boogeyman. The gas. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, when you talk about inflation, it was it was basically corporate folks taking advantage of an inflationary environment right. to jack their prices up. Furthermore, but they wouldn't call them out. I mean, I'm saying, but we wouldn't the, call the, them the, out. The, they they Powell no, out. no, they the, wouldn't call Jerome Powell out. Of course, the Fed is supposed to be nonpartisan, but the timing of the interest rate increases seemed to me to be extremely political, mm. to have yes. so many so quickly. Mm -hmm. And then he stood up and said, and hey, we're going to have another one. He well, said, first of all, first of all, the thing... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Here on Macongo, it's real simple. 
when you get power, put your own people in. Mm. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. They should have bounced Powell's right, ass. Right, right. I'm like, Republicans don't keep yeah, nobody. I'm serious. Yeah. Th this is probably the one of the biggest things that drives me crazy about Democrats. Yeah. It's like, Democrats go, Democrats say, well, you know what? I want to show bipartisanship. <laughs> the other side don't give a damn about bipartisanship. They don't care. It's chess versus checkers. You know, at the end of the day, these yeah. Republicans yeah. only care about power. And we're sitting here talking about inflation. Robert Reich talked about it. Inflation at a 40-year high, corporate profits at a 70-year high. Right. There and Democrats go. couldn't drive that message home. Furthermore, they, Democrats couldn't drive from the message of all the things they've been doing to help the economy since Biden came in office. What, over 10 million jobs created? Mm -hmm. The Build Back Better plans? The idea of we can do more if we get more people in, they couldn't sell that message. And they, he wanted to call out the gas companies, but he wasn't calling out the corporations like you said. He should have been calling for people to be protesting at these guys' doors. You know, people coming down to the White House to protest, they should have been protesting at these corporate doors, at these oil execs, because really, at the end of the day, when it comes down yeah. to it, the Democrats have done a lot to help the economy, but they haven't. We talk about like every said, night, Monday they, night they, panel. They we have always a talk about that it. They don't want to put out there. For but two that, reasons, Reverend mm. Barber said they're afraid of talking to poor people. If you talk, mm -hmm. start talking about prices, mm -hmm. it costs ten percent more to buy food. Ten percent mm -hmm. more. Yeah. Now, anybody around this table is not bothering us. Some of us need to eat less anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but you know, poor people and black people that Democrats are afraid of. And the yeah, other, and the other part, of, but the other part of it is but that they're afraid the of the problem. They're afraid they of afraid only. They're afraid of, of embracing their base. People. They're afraid of, of embracing their base. Exactly. They, they, I mean, they rather cuss than say those, black. Those white but they were also afraid yeah. to show well, that Republicans don't voters. have a plan. Long time ago. Hold tight one second. Uh, Melody Camp, I'll bring you in here. I get a perfect example. Uh, it was late in the race when uh, somebody said black, folk, black businesses get less than 1% of state contracts mm -hmm. in Georgia. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here like, well, <laughs> who in the hell gave a narrative that somehow Brian Kemp was good for black folks economically Come on. Come on. in Georgia? Come on. I'm like, that, that's one of those things <laughs> that should have been hammered home, Melody. They, they... Melody, go ahead. I think you're on mute. There you go. We got you. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. So earlier this uh, earlier in the summer, late fall, when I was up and down here quite a bit, and one of the things you did kept hearing um, uh, was that people were looking at Kemp as actually being better for the economy, and he was selling <laughs> a really good shell game. Um, and unfortunately, it seems that it works, at least at this point, uh, in the in where they're saying that they're calling the race. Um, but it, it, it is a shell game, and what he, how he was handling black businesses. Um, I saw uh, my sister uh, Sarah Julianne Malvo in the room, Dr. Malvo, uh, who could break this down much better than me. But at the end of the day, uh, he, he he's he's a shell game, and he's gonna flip right on, uh, get back in there for four more years, and folks are gonna feel that pain. He's not gonna take care of black businesses. Right, he's not gonna do the things that he—he's not gonna take care of teachers, uh, and so he was able to sell this game that he was really about the people uh, more so than people realize. You know, there was a lot of discussion about, um, and you had some—you had some political things I think that would not to uh, Stacey's favor uh, when it comes to some of the folks who, at the last minute, 
jumped into the uh, to endorse him, um, and that I had, had to have heard. But it was something I heard a lot that people saw him as being better for the economy than her, and I, and I don't think that's true. But people bought. It looks like in some cases people bought it. Uh, folks, uh, just an update. Uh, looks, Bud is increasing his lead in North Carolina. Uh, so it's going to be real tough for Sherry Beasley there. Uh, we'll give you an update uh, of, of there, but his lead is increasing. You've got about uh, 150 to 200,000 uh, votes really left there. And so uh, she's going to have to really pick up probably two to one in many of those places to close that gap. Uh, in Georgia, that Senate race is under 50 percent, both Warnock uh, and Herschel Walker, as it stands right now, that is that is going towards a runoff. Uh, so we're watching that race uh, as well. Brianna. So um, as someone who talked to, was on the ground in Atlanta and talked to um, people who split the ticket, I think one of the issues that they... Um, that I think um, some Georgians believed incorrectly was that Kemp got them through COVID. And they yep. said they would never forget that Stacey would because have shut down. he wouldn't close the state the, down. Right. And so they, they thought mm. that was good for the economy. And so having the discussions of, okay, do we care more about our mm -hmm. pockets than human lives was the disconnect, mm. right? Mm. So I was able to reach some, but some early voting, they're like, well, we already did it. Um, so I think the issue where it comes into why they thought the economy incorrectly was better under Kemp was because of COVID. Well, Rebecca, here's the deal, though, and the, the, this is just real basic. If, if I know what you're going to say, I, my, look, I do this when I'm debating on TV all the time. If I know what you're going to say, I'm going to figure out my counter right. to what you're going to say. And, and, and frankly, you know, Stacey's Kemp and, and Democrats, they allowed that to take root as opposed to, yes, he kept the state open. But you know what I would have done? I would have ran down all those black folks mm -hmm. who died because of COVID. Correct. Mm -hmm. I would have ran True. down the funerals. Right. Uh, I forgot the city. Uh, we had them on. Uh, and uh, the, the first wave of COVID, that was a funeral. Uh, and literally, there were like 20 or 30 folk who died. The morgue was uh, backed mm -hmm. up. We had the funeral home director on and talking about the bodies that were stacked up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to be able to counter that as opposed to, and, and, and what ends up happening, how national media works, when that story go, hops here, 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 then all of a sudden it became, Stacey has a black male problem. Right. And then it becomes, mm. it's a black voter problem, and, and, and all that. But here's the other thing. The polling data showed it last year. Black, that Biden was unpopular among black voters. Folk were not paying attention to that. They assumed, oh, black folks gonna come around. No, folk were actually concerned. You gotta have a counter message to that. Yeah. Well, there are two things. Randy, you're next. Rebecca, go ahead. One, we need an explainer-in-chief. We mm. need to have someone who is unafraid <laughs> to speak truth to power and to take a complicated policies and sometimes uncomplicated policies and use plain language to talk to people. The second thing that we need is these labels. The parties label black voters as low propensity voters, meaning that they only show up during presidential years. Black voters are the most engaged when it comes to 
politics because our survival is rooted on that. But what we see with um, both political parties, they don't engage with those voters. During the three phases of voter <laughs> engagement and voter contact, you have the ID phase where you ID your potential voters. The second phase is persuasion, where you persuade those voters to vote for you and to turn out for you. The third phase is GOTB, where now you're turning out all those voters who you have ID'd and persuaded to turn out. The issue is both parties and the Democratic Party especially, they wait until the GOT phase, which is right mm -hmm. before the time to vote, to actually right. touch mm -hmm. black voters. And that's what we see across the country. But Randy, here's the other thing that the people have to understand. And this is where I absolutely believe uh, Democrats lose it, but Republicans have gotten smarter. And that is black voters are not monolithic. We mm -hmm. vote different ways. I was in I was in Georgia. I talked to a sister who owned a coffee shop. She's owned it for three or for four years. She said she was undecided. Why? Because as a business owner, was she was attracted to the tax policy of Herschel Walker and not Warnock. Now, a, 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 a tradition. No, no, no. He's a because he's a Republican. Mm -hmm. And the reality is this here. And this is fact. I heard it from black business owners when the tax rate went from 43 to 39 when Trump was in the Oval Office. Same thing I had I had a brother who said, "Look, that was a difference of $500,000." Now, what happened was a typical Democratic strategist would say to that sister, "Oh, she's going to be voting based upon Roe v. Wade." She was like, "No, no I'm not. I ain't having an abortion." She said, no, she literally said, I have X number of employees. I am making a financial decision. They're going to have to realize that black voters are making small business decisions, uh, health care decisions. Mm -hmm. they're, they're making multiple decisions, and they're going to have to micro-target and, and target them based upon what they care about versus sort of this blanket thing, and it's not going to be, let me swing by the church. It's going to have to be tailored targeted messaging, and also a tailored message to black women that's different to black men. You're absolutely right. I feel as if they do see us as monolithic. We're just seen as one group. And even when you go back and you were talking about the corporations and how they didn't play on how corporations have been greedy, if they could have taken that narrative and drilled it down to the human story. Remember, people couldn't even get formula for their babies, right? If they mm -hmm. could make them remember that, mm -hmm. if they could make them remember how these corporations were gouging us on prices yes. when it comes to gas, when it comes to formula, and how did that affect us? When it comes to small businesses, how are we affected? Even when you, on, the, on the outside, yes, it looks like there may be a tax cut, on day to day, how right. are we being affected by that? And that's what we need to do is really speak directly to a person's day to day. Yeah. And I think that we oftentimes speak theoretically yep. and talk about things like democracy. Yep. And like you said earlier, we can't eat democracy. Democracy doesn't fund my business. Democracy mm. doesn't help me feed my baby. Democracy, you know, and that's what we need to get out of. My, you know, it, it, the messaging is so difficult, especially in our party where. I don't mean our, because I don't know everybody's party affiliation, certainly <laughs> mine, um, the Democratic Party, is because when you have the, the problem with it, it makes it easy for Republicans because you have such a small tent. Uh, Michael, hold tight, Michael, hold tight one second. Yes, I got to interrupt right now, folks. Update. Uh, let's go live. The third black, third African American elected governor of the United States of America, West Coast, up there. Let's speak to that. 
yourself uh, uh, and you will feel safe with your own skin. So you see, this is personal. 
I have seen how a society with broken policies can leave its people broken too. Leaving one behind is not just a slogan. It's a value statement. And it is the value that will guide you as your next level. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
speech there. Uh, he is the uh, next governor of Maryland, uh, a certainly uh, bright spot uh, on this night. Uh, lots of red uh, on the scoreboard. Uh, that is a, a huge win. Uh, Michael made the point earlier, uh, Democrats gaining that governor's mansion, gaining the governor's mansion uh, in Massachusetts. That is important. Now, granted, you're talking about two blue states. Democrats control the legislature there. Uh, and so, but the, but but it's the opportunity a flip. is there. It's a flip. Uh, it is a flip. It's a flip. Uh, and that is a, that is a huge, huge uh, yeah, yeah. win there. Uh, and keep in mind, when Hogan was governor of Massachusetts, uh, he did not want to sign... Maryland. Uh, Maryland. He did not want to sign... Uh, the settlement with the HBCUs. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, he told them it was a red line. I'm not crossing $200 million. Uh, the Black Caucus, nah. They passed the bill. It went to the legislature. It passed. He vetoed the bill. They came back in the next session and passed the bill again, had a veto majority proof, and they dared him to veto it. He didn't. That's why they got the $577 million settlement uh, for the four HBCUs uh, in Maryland. And so, again, uh, this is what happens when you uh, control politics. And so, Wes Moore, the next governor there. Uh, and I, I, I hate when, I, I really hate it when uh, folks uh, do this. And, and I'm going to uh, allow, uh, I'm going to bring in Greg Carr. Sean, I'm going to give you your final comment here because uh, I want, do want to ask you a question because with Wes Moore being governor there, to becoming governor there, one of the issues Maryland has to fix is cannabis laws. It's because you have not had enough African-Americans getting dispensaries there. I would hope that is one of the initiatives that black folks focus on having Democrats. Now they control the governor's mansion, House and the Senate fix that because to have a, what one or two African-Americans with a dispensary in Maryland is absolutely idiotic. So right now we're waiting for the results to see if Maryland is going to legalize. If the bill passes today, and we think it is with 70%, what will happen is adult use will come into effect in July 2023. So what that means for us is that that bill, when the legislation was written, was to include expungement and to make sure that we could actually have a, a chance to gain our lives back by having our records cleaned up. But what's more has always supported what the voters said. And Maryland has always been a center point for African-Americans in Prince George's County. We supported him 100% for the governor's race. He supported the cannabis community to say that if you select it, I'll back you up. And this is something we continue to look for with um, state to state. You know, right now, the other um, big issue is that in the South here, there is Arkansas on the ballot. And believe me, they don't have policies that support our community. So I'm really, um, really proud about Maryland today um, taking the step. Um, people say Westmore is going to have such a lovely um, future in politics, and we're going to continue to support him. Prince George's County is behind him 100%. Cannabis is behind him 100%. And we just hope the Black vote simply continues to push forward equitable policies that keeps our community, one, funded for schools, infrastructures, and just cleaning our records so we can have gainful employment. We can work in the industry that is the fifth largest crop in the nation. So it's time for these changes to happen, and I'm excited about it.
Uh, first of all, uh, we thank you for joining us and for contributing uh, on tonight's show. So thanks a bunch. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I want to right now, I want to bring in uh, Greg Carr. Greg, you are the historian here. Uh, and Greg, of course, you know I had to go ahead uh, and, Come on, and, and show this photo right here. Y'all, go to my iPad. Throw it up. I'm Throw just it up. saying, Greg Carr. Throw it up. Give it Throw up it. for that alpha man who's the yes, governor sir. of Maryland. I'm just saying. Philip Lewis yes. is frat. He posted this on Twitter, and he said, Westmore, the new governor of Maryland, is a member of yes, the only real fraternity that exists, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Larry? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Y'all not working. That's what I'm saying. Well. Come on, come on, brother. That's what I'm saying, Scott. Scott, you can't talk right now. Scott, you can't talk right now. Scott, you can't talk. Scott, the national headquarters of Alpha is in Baltimore. Be quiet. Greg Carr, go ahead and break it down history-wise of what tonight means to see Westmore governor of Maryland. As I was about to say, as the mayor of Newark, uh, a new, uh, fairly new member of Alpha Phi Alpha through the graduate chapter told me about a month ago, Ras Baraka, the oldest and the coldest, brother. So at any rate, uh, <laughs> but I think what we're seeing with Wes Moore, man, I mean, quite frankly... Uh, actually, we don't, actually, we don't have honorary members. No, we don't. But Scott, no, 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 Scott, Scott, oh, no, Scott you're no. not going to derail this conversation oh, no, 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 because no, no. you represent a less than group. Go right ahead, <laughs> Greg Carr. Go right ahead, Greg Carr. But, you know, but, but, you know in, in this fracturing federalism, and you've broken this down many times. You wrote about it in White Fear. You know, this country, we we're never supposed to be anywhere in this country except doing labor. The Civil War changed that. And for about 10 years during Reconstruction, we put in some guardrails that might have given this country a chance to be something else. They fought their way back through the redemption movement, and by the 1920s, they had rewritten all those state constitutions, and a lot of this voter suppression mess that we're seeing now has its echoes in 1890, 1900, 1910. It took us another 50 years, but we fought back with the civil rights movement, and they've been trying to claw back those gains over the last 50 years. So here we are today with a lot of parallels to that late 19th, early 20th century. Now, what does that have to do with Westmore and what we're seeing now? This time, when the thing breaks, you're not going to be able to put it back together. And by the thing, I mean federalism. We saw that pufferfish in Florida, as you said earlier, try to block federal intervention in terms of uh, observers in Florida, clear violation of federal law. Well, guess what? He has uh, those, those roots go back to the 1950s and 60s, certainly what led to the Voting Rights Act in 65, because in 64, with the passage of the Civil Rights Act in 1964, we certainly see them have to have a str strengthen the federal protections because they couldn't do it unless they passed a big federal bill that protected voting rights because these Southern governors were fighting back. Wes Moore is an example, and shout out to Anthony Brown, too, who's going to be the attorney general. And yes, the cannabis uh, uh, measure is going to pass, Proposition 4. What we're seeing now in Maryland, possibly, is a laboratory of democracy, as they talk about at the state level, that will be a counterweight to the white nationalists who ain't going to do a damn thing for the people who live in Florida, for the people who live in Arizona, for the people who live in North and South Dakota. By the way, the cannabis initiative is on the ballot in South Dakota. It's losing. But, but the uh, expansion of Medicaid is winning on the ballot. Right now, South Dakota is looking like what Kansas looked like when they tried to uh, outlaw a woman's right to choose. By the way, today, tonight, Maryland became the first state in, the, I'm sorry, Vermont became the first state in the country to put a woman's right to choose in their constitution by a referendum. What I'm saying is that the states now are going to battle it out. And as this thing fractures at the federal level, 
you're going to see states it, show the rest of the country this is how you can govern for everyone. And a cat like Wes Moore, who in that little 10 minutes sounded more like Barack Obama than people think they heard Barack Obama talking, a man who could probably unite Baltimore City with Montgomery County, who will absolutely put a floor under with a Democratic majority in the legislature and with that quartet of black elected officials in the top positions and people of color, including his lieutenant governor, in the executive chambers, he will put a floor under, hopefully, the idea that black folk who've been smoking weed and selling weed for a long time will get some of the profits now that it has been legalized, in addition to having their records expunged. And if this plays out right, it might not be 2024, but in 2028, we might be looking at a cat who, if he doesn't run for president of the United States, it won't be because everybody's not asking him to do it. And this country might have a chance at something that we haven't seen before, which is carrying that state momentum into a federal election cycle that we actually have somebody and some program to actually cheer for and get behind. I'm going to bring in Karen Towns, who's vice chair of the NAACP Board of Directors. Karen, uh, glad to have you here. Uh, uh, I think, and, and I, I hate when folk um, proclaim somebody to be a rising star and they had never won Jack. That, that has always driven me crazy when folk do that. Uh, but there is no doubt being elected governor of a state uh, puts Wes Moore in a different category. Uh, and look, don't be surprised if you hear people uh, talking about Wes Moore in 2024. Greg talked about in 2028. Uh, the, you know, the reality is, yes, uh, yes, he just won. He just won. Uh, but keep in mind, uh, Obama was only a United States senator for a very short time before he decided to run for president. And look what happened. Uh, and Wes Moore uh, has an amazing, compelling story. Uh, not only ran a nonprofit, book author, but also a military veteran. Uh, one hell of a background, and he ran one hell of a race. But let me also say on this night, Karen, also, you got to give it up to Ben Jealous, who ran for governor in the last cycle. You got to give it up for the other African-Americans who ran statewide, who made it possible. Those African-Americans who ran for governor before, who could not get over that threshold, but they paved the way for Westmore tonight in Maryland. Yeah, so Roland, first off, congratulations on six hours of election coverage. This is, this is, this is really, I've been watching all we got night. Another, we got another three to go, so we ain't got there yet. Yeah, but we but three and a half hours in. <laughs> and three more shirts, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we changed the shirt by the hour. Matter of fact, hold this past 10 o'clock. I'm supposed to switch shirts. Go ahead, I'm sorry. But, but I think you said it early, you said it earlier in the show. It's about us running, and even if we don't win, we set the groundwork, we build the infrastructure, and that is what's important. So certainly, you know, hats off to the governor-elect of Maryland, and I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of him and uh, look forward to, um, you know, great things to come out of the state of Maryland, for sure. Um, Steve Phillips is the author of How We Win the Civil War, founder of Democracy uh, in Color. Steve, glad to have you here. Uh, and when you look at tonight, even though it's not looking good for Sherry Beasley in North Carolina, although uh, it's looking like it's going to be a runoff in Georgia with Senator Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker, uh, you also had Charles Booker, uh, who ran in Kentucky against Senator Rand Paul, did not win, Gary Chambers in Louisiana. Uh, I, and, uh, to the point that Karen just made, 
I, I really do believe that, uh, and even Beto O'Rourke, uh, they've, uh, they've uh, called the race in Texas, uh, and somebody uh, just said, uh, is this Beto's last race? And I said, Beto should actually uh, go from this to becoming the state chair of the Democratic Party in Texas. Uh, because I go back to organization. Uh, when I talk to Gary Chambers, uh, Gary's an activist in Baton Rouge. I really think the next thing for Gary, he's run for Congress, he's not for the United States Senate. I think he should make, he, Gary Chambers should assume the Stacey Abrams role in Georgia, there in Louisiana, and really focusing on leading an effort to get black folks registered, but also to get them out to vote. Charles Booker can do the exact same thing uh, in Kentucky. For the folks who lost tonight, Congressman Jim Clyburn tells me, reminds me all the time, he lost the first two or three times he ran before he won. So nobody always wins the first time out, but you have to build the infrastructure, Steve. You talk about that all the time. That's what has to happen for wins to happen down the road. A hundred percent. And that what, what we don't uh, appreciate is that the closest thing we have to a national referendum around where voters fall is the uh, presidential elections. And the Democrats have actually won the popular vote in every single presidential election since 1992, with the single exception of 2004. And Steve, hold on just real quick. Um, the, the project, they're calling the race in Louisiana uh, for Senator John Kennedy. Uh, so they're calling that particular race there. Also, uh, give me one second. Uh, and if you want to talk about what's crazy, uh, Greg Abbott did nothing with a shooting in Uvalde, yet he won Uvalde County by 14 points. That is unbelievable there. Uh, Democrats uh, are ecstatic. Hassan has won, retained her U.S. Senate seat in New Hampshire, uh, and Democrats uh, uh, win the, the go governor's race in Pennsylvania. Shapiro wins that race. We're still waiting to get information on Fetterman and Oz. Steve, go right ahead. Right. And so I think what all this is showing is that a lot of people miss about the midterms. I think what you know, you're laying out here and what a few other folks um, um, understand, but many don't, is that these are all about turnout. And so if you have the infrastructure, if you invest in the organizations, if you build up the capacity to get as many people out to vote in the midterms as come out to vote in the presidential, we should be winning all of these different races, or the vast majority of these different races. I mean, Maryland, is that you guys are talking about, is a classic example. It's been a crime that Maryland has had uh, a Republican governor these past eight years, given us how progressive and how black that Maryland is. So, but there's just not been the investment in creating the organizations, in creating the leadership, the precinct captain operation, the community-based organizations, faith-based organizations, to get people out to the polls. And there's still a not, there's a lack of belief. We've talked about this, you know, a lot, Roland, in the Democratic Party, the progressive movement, around that's where you should move your money and your resources. But we are seeing it is where you have large turnout, even within Texas. There's three million eligible non-voting people of color in Texas, two million eligible non-voting people of color in Florida. And so these are places which really should be, and if we invest now, we will get to the point where we can flip them over the next few years. But there has to be a commitment and a allocation of resources to do that. Uh, indeed, indeed. Um, uh, Julian, uh, Representative Al Lawson uh, loses to Republican uh, in Florida. Mm. That means that uh, Democrats are, are losing. Uh, Congressional Black Caucus is losing a seat. Um, and uh, remember, DeSantis obliterated uh, those districts by design. Uh, and so we see what happens there. Uh, control room, be sure to please check 
I want to see what happens in Connecticut with Johanna Hayes. Uh, of course, uh, the former teacher who was elected to Congress. She's in a very, very tight race there. And also let me know about Lauren Underwood in Illinois. Y'all look up those two races as well uh, as they were running in, um, you know, very, very tough races, but not a lot of black voters. Um, you know, uh, you know th th this, is, this is one of those things where when we talk about protecting black political power, again, we go back to if you're losing power in the states, then it makes it even more difficult in places like Florida where they're going to cement. Uh, and Florida wants to do what Wisconsin did. They absolutely want to gerrymander themselves into victories. And so this is what we have to be thinking about and focusing on. And that's why we have to make sure that people look at the entirety of the ballot. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I was saying earlier in our conversation, people up run to vote for President Obama uh, or Hillary or whomever they were going to run for, but they're not running to go to the governor, to the state legislatures and others, and those are the ones who are going to make decisions. In fact, what Republicans, we said it earlier, Republicans play chess and we play checkers. Republicans have been on this path for 50 years to take over state houses. It's not that the, the orange man, is, he's the outcome. Not the input. Right. He's a, he's not, he's, they were you know, focusing so on we what should, he's doing 
Barack Obama's eight years mm -hmm. in the, yeah. in, during the presidency and stuff. So, so, so really, I mean, this is an object lesson. As we, as we, we got three more hours and we're going to sit here and nobody's going to cry because we groan. But, <laughs> but, 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 it, but some of this is painful to watch. Yes. But this, the pain is a pain that black people have been dealing with since we've been in this country. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, when you had uh, Jackie on and she was talking about how to manage all this, how to deep breathe and all that stuff, <clears throat> though I, the ya ya yo yo stuff I don't really do. I told the Omaha Congo I might come over to his yoga studio. Probably not, but I might. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 okay, but the point is this. Black people have lived in pain and joy pain and joy all the time that we've been here. And so we have to take this pain and turn it into power. And that means that we have to ensure that our young people are learning the lessons of, of politics, but when which many do not. It, when are we going to turn it into power? Because but, but, I've sat on this vote. show for Scott, years, when we vote. over the last Scott, when four we... years or so. I understand voting, and the message is the same, right? <clears throat> but we keep undervoting. That's why we keep losing. But right? Well, now, let me tonight, say one other thing about Maryland. Finish your point. It's not because of Wes Moore. They've got a black attorney general, Anthony Brown, mm. who right. paved the way for, for Wes Moore. But let's remember, Maryland also has a multi-billion dollar surplus. So Wes Moore has money to play with or to invest, whether it's in cannabis or in some of the health care or social programs where he talks about wanting to create employers, not employees. And so he's got a huge opportunity, he and Anthony Brown, to do some incredible stuff in Maryland, which will be the basis for whatever he decides to do in 2024 and 2020 or 2028. But here, here, how long are we going to wait? to vote our power okay. and get black people so, to vote. All right, That's so, a rhetorical all right, question. All right, all right, no, so, it so, isn't. No, no, hold I up, hold I, up. So, so mm -hmm. let me, so let's unpack that. And I'm, I'm about to bring in several different people. So Reese Cobra, Black Women's Views, she joins us right now. Uh, glad to have Reese, Greg Carr still with us, Karen Towns, Vice Chair uh, of the uh, NAACP Board. Steve Phillips is here. We still have Larry, uh, Avis, Monique, uh, and Michael Imhotep, uh, who's with us as well. Uh, give me one second. I'm going to pull up the name here. I'm leaving somebody out. Um, let me do this here before I uh, get to that. Um, Lauren Underwood's race is too early to call. Adrian Ermer is a fellow at the New Leaders Council uh, in Chicago. So that's all the folks uh, who we have here. Adrian, glad to have you here. Uh, and of course, uh, sitting here, Michael, uh, Brianna, Randy, Julian, Rebecca, Omakongo, uh, and Kappaman. Uh, Scott. All right. So, uh, so, 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 all right. So let, so let's, uh, so, so let's, so let's, so, 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 so Reese. So, so, so here's, here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. So, so I, 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 so I, I need, I need folks. It stands for Aloysius. So, uh, I, so what I need is I need folks to be real tight because I'm about to sit here and bounce back and forth. And so, Reese, to, to the point that Scott, Scott made there, it really ties into what Steve has been talking about, what I've been talking about, and that is, first of all, we got to remember. We get, you, you get this voting rights act in 1965, you begin to see the numbers go up, and then you begin to see the attacks take place. The moment, the mo keep in mind, on this night 12 years ago, when Republicans flipped 16 state houses and governor's mansions, and they won the midterms, led, leading their way to taking nearly 1,000 seats in the Obama presidency, that's when they began to attack voting laws. Why? Obama wins North Carolina, North Carolina by 14,100 votes. They saw how well he did uh, in Florida and other states. They saw the future, and that was to attack voting. And so, to Steve's point, Reese, if you have the Democratic infrastructure 
and progressive organizations and reproductive rights organizations and climate organizations and all the money that they spend and they literally are not spending that money on the core constituency of the Democratic Party, then you're not going to get that turnout. What have Republicans done, Reese? They have put millions into targeting Latino voters and they're seeing the dividends in Florida and Texas. It comes down to where you put your money. So the stranglehold must be broken in the Democrats where they must choke the hell out of the white strategists who control the money because they're the ones who are dictating where the money flows in the off years. And that's one of the reasons why you don't see the numbers of black voter turnout because you don't have the resources being put to actually drive them. Reese first. Yeah, I mean, all those are good points, but we're also missing the part about how much money is put into dissuading black voters from being engaged. I would reckon to say that Republicans put far more money into dissuading black voters than they do into courting Latino voters or black voters. And so that's what we have to reckon with. Democrats rely too much on quote-unquote, or so-called organic content, organic engagement. And that's not how the world works, where everything is algorithm to death. Elon Musk admitted that if you pay $8 a month, then your stuff will be prioritized, you'll get a blue check, and people will see your stuff. But that's already been happening across all these social media things. And so what Democrats have to realize is, number one, they do have to put more money into courting their base, as you pointed out, but they have to put more money in suppressing the other side. Okay, so if this is a multi-billion dollar election and hardly any money is put in combating disinformation, hardly any money is put in trying to convince Republicans to stay home, then we're going to lose every time. But the other point I want to make is let's just be honest. White, rich men are supposed to win every single election. Ain't that what people say? It takes a white man to beat a white man. That's what we hear all up and down the ballot. So I will never, ever be surprised or give credit for strategy, for fundraising or anything to a white man who wins a race. You're supposed to. Anytime we beat them is a W on our corner and it's beating the odds, the fundraising odds, the media odds, the erasure, the marginalization and the attitudes that our votes don't count and that a black person can't win. So shout out to those who have beat the odds like Westmore and the people that didn't. Well, they're laying the groundwork for more people to come after them. They're setting up that pipeline and they're getting people accustomed to something they should already know is possible because we have the power. The math is the math. We just ain't showing up and we ain't doing it ourselves. Brianna. I, I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> with PC. Now, I told you you were next. I, what the hell? I gave you, I gave you a two-minute warning. You next. <laughs> Goddamn millennials. I mean, I ain't even, I ain't even ready. I agree. She was on her phone. I snapped my finger and said, you next. Uh, girl, gone. No. Why you had to snap your finger? Thank you. everything pretty much wonderfully it's the structure is for white people and so in the off season mm -hmm. if you put all the resources which we've said over and over again today how do you win these elections money if you don't filter it to us if you don't care about us if we only wait till GOTV it's going to come up with the same thing but we are blaming oh. the institution versus no shit. the individual. Hold That's on. What the individual. <laughs> what? The wow. Wow. Wow, 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 Scott, that was deep. You had a, you had a shirt on earlier today. No, wait, 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 Julian, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Julian, wait. Scott, go. You can blame the institution, 
But where does the responsibility for black people to come out and vote? You had a shirt on earlier today. You said, vote like the an your ancestors died. And I responded on Twitter and said, yeah, and they did, right? So when, when is this black vote that's going to turn these elections going to come out due to personal responsibility, but, whether they get touched but, or not? But, but no, 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 Michael, you've been on the finance, finance committee of the DNC. The reality is this here. The DNC that your dad ran, that ain't the same c culture we're in now. That used to be the place where all money was funneled into. Now you've got PACs, you've got DCCC, DSCC, DGA, all of the different groups. And so really, it's a small <clears throat> amount of money going to the DNC, which has to fund its 50 state party. It's really the other... Uh, millions of dollars that are pouring in that, that's determining this. And so now this thing has totally changed. And so from an African-American standpoint, it's a matter of going to all those people saying, uh, y'all gonna keep playing the same game because guess what? Right. You're not gonna win a majority of the white voters. Republicans, Republicans uh, are gonna win a majority of the white votes. If you don't get black, Latino, Asian, Native American votes, you can't win. The facts are the facts. That's and, the coalition. And, yeah, but those uh, other groups... I, I, I might, uh, 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 but, uh, but, but there, no. we, we've talked a lot about um, kind of the power, the inside power game. And Scott, you were chair of the of D.C. State Party. Mm -hmm. The inside power game is such a difficult game for folks to understand because they don't see it. <laughs> yeah. The reason my father was so successful is because he, he put all the money on the table, all those people you mentioned. And for all, all the facts. folks who are watching, Ron Brown was the first black chair of the Democratic right. National Committee, yeah. Michael's daddy. Go. And so, for the first time, an African-American who was chair of the party took all the money and put it on the table and said, I'm controlling it. And, and, but the, but the benefit that he had was that he took control when there was no Democrat in the White House. That's correct. Which meant that he ran it. So he had all it's, the juice. It, it yeah. is, and I, what I was trying to say yesterday, it is very difficult to be the chair of the party when you're in the White House right. because that's who, Biden and his aides Run the DNC, not Jamie Harris. And I, and I, right. And I, right, and I put some of that stuff on Jamie's doorstep. However, he didn't have a lot of that DAP or juice bill to do that. So when you control that money, you can give it to black pollsters. You can give it to all these community-based organizations. But to Scott's point, which is a good one, and I know you want to abbreviate it, abbreviate it is that black folks, too, have, we have to also have, take responsibility for ourselves, whether you get to somebody's door or not. It's difficult. Yes, it would be nice to have the hot dog things and the barbecues and all the things that outreach what outreach means. But dang, how about just go vote because it's your responsibility? No, 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 but, but here's now, how... Uh, before, 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 uh, one last thing. I'm going to pull in Adrian and I'm going to pull in Greg. And Greg, Greg, I want to get the Stokely Carmichael piece ready because that's going to explain that. So go ahead, finish your point. And the, la the guest that you had on right Reesey. before us, I think, what was her name? Reese. Reese. I mentioned something about the kind of messaging, real quick on the messaging. What I was disappointed about on the kind of the, obviously the inflation issues, why not put some of that stuff on the doorstep of the former president? Exactly. Because if, if he didn't yeah, call right. COVID a hoax, we got up to such a bad start dealing with COVID. Yes, millions of deaths or a million deaths. Plus the economy was diving before Biden came in. And we never put that message out there to convert Right. The thought it was all Biden's fault, which it was. Greg, I'm gonna go to Greg then Adrian. Greg, here's a piece. Now, and later explain to the folks what Stokely Carmichael said about organization and the individuals. 
because that to me, I hear what Scott is saying, but you can't, you have to have an organization. The black couple, the black woman <clears throat> and her daughter we had on earlier, they, that was a, a part of a collective group in Ohio yeah. that helped do that. It, the point is, it requires organization, not just thinking individual. Greg, explain. You mute. My bad, sorry. Yeah, I agree. That, that is the, the whole life and testament, political testament of Stokely Carmichael or Kwame Turek. I mean, here's a young man who spent his young adulthood in Mississippi and Alabama with the uh, Lowndes County Freedom Organization going door to door, organizing for political power. And when he made transition at age 57 in, in, in West Africa, he always said, I don't care what kind of organization you're in, join an organization. He understood political power. Now, he also was very critical of the duopoly, the Democrats and the Republicans, which he said are both the party of capital one way or the other. Earlier in the evening, uh, someone talked about the fact that one of the reasons Democrats won't go hard in the paint is because they're getting corporate dollars, too. It's just a softer form. But but I think what we can learn from, from uh, Brother Stokely, from, from Kwame Ture, is that we cannot leave any tool in the drawer. We have to use all of our tools, including the vote. And as Tony Carmichael would say, it's not a privilege to vote. It is my right. And, and Scott, you raised something that's very critical, brother, when you asked the question, when will we kind of... Uh, exert this compelling power that we keep talking about. Exactly. Well, we can look at Stokely Carmichael finally and understand that we don't feel the same type of common oppression yeah. that we did with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee yeah. and right. SCC yes, and anybody so. people out there. And in fact, what we're seeing, and Roland, you made this point in Georgia, but the voter that you talked about who was voting their economic interest, class has fractured that coalition in a way mm -hmm. so that people yes. can literally vote their economic interests over the collective interests of our community, and that could sound the death knell. The only way you fight that is what you said for Stokely Carmichael and the life of Kwame Gray, which is you got to go door to door, you got to organize, you got to educate, and then get out of the people's way, and you trust that the people will make the right decision once they have been organized. And Adrian, the point there is what that requires when you talk about the organization, you got to fund that. That can't be done by volunteers. And so young people are saying the exact same thing. People are like, oh, go do this here. You, 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 that, those are jobs. If people right. study That's history, right. what, yes. when SNCC was going into wow. those places, those were jobs. Core, those were jobs. <laughs> I have literally said to Democratic funders, Y'all have got to set aside, set aside 10, 20, 30, 50 million dollars. Steve, you've been talking about this as well uh, for, for quite some time and actually pay people. Those are jobs, right. full-time jobs, not volunteer jobs. Adrian, go. Yeah, no, there's been a lot of really great nuggets thrown out here today. I just want to hold a little bit of space to celebrate all this melanin in the room and, and, and on the Zoom. <laughs> oh, look, that, look, that, look, that's the blackest show. I'm looking, that's how we, right. it ain't called the Black Star Network by, just for a, re for a reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, um, the things that, that have been talked about, but also to elevate into this space, um, that there are institutional barriers in place that keep people from going to the polls. Not everybody knows they get two hours by law to go vote. If you're a working class person working your first job of the day and have to go to a second job for the day to make right. ends meet, getting a way to vote on election day is problematic. It's hard. 
Um, and it's also hard to stand up to a manager and tell them that you have this right when, they when they're telling you, no, but you have these orders to fill or you have these packages to label. It's, it's not, um, it's more than a notion. So, you know, I'm of the, the mind that we need an election day holiday nationally. Right. Yes. Um, so yeah. that folks vote on election day without any problems. Um, and then we also um, need to do a better job of making it easier to vote. Unfortunately, in Chicago, you know, rolled back the number of precincts we have in each ward. We had we cut the number in half, so now folks have to travel further. There isn't a good enough job notifying folks of the relocation of their polls. So, like, even in a blue city like Chicago, we're experiencing these sorts of like just problematic procedural logistical nightmares that make it more difficult for folks and souls souls to get to the polls. And now on the organized piece, you know, um, Chicago's home of, of Harold Washington, where he, where Jonathan, uh, sorry, Jesse Jackson Jr. organized a quarter million new registered voters to go to the polls to support Harold Washington. And Harold Washington is a a bit of a unicorn candidate in that, like, everyone loves him. Whether you're rich, you're poor, you know, the Latinx contingency of Chicago got behind him and and and, and elevated him to the mayorship here in the city. And um, it had been another, what, 87, 13, 20, another 30, 40 years before we had another black mayor in the city of Chicago. So there's, the the organizational piece needs to not just be in the, six months before election day. It has to be a continual year-round effort. To your point, Roland, there needs to be these kinds of investments from the party, but the party also needs to fix their fix their face and stop with this uh, notion of automatically back incumbents. A lot of our incumbents are problematic. A lot of our incumbents aren't inspiring people to the polls. So when the incumbent is smashing the grassroots organizer who's who wants to throw their hat in the race and and speaks the language of the people and motivates the people but they don't have the money to reach the rest of the people you know th this incumbency protection and this impulse to to constantly protect incumbents is problematic too uh michael you also don't have the same uh old school machines you had before and what i keep trying to explain to people your older black voters self-identify as democrat as you go down 55, 45, 35, 25, 18, they less identify, which means you can't try to reach them the same way you reach their grandparents. True. M Hotel. Yes. Wake your ass up. I'm I, I tossed to you. There are two Michaels. You gotta yeah. tell, you have to say yeah. which one you're talking about. Wake up M Hotel. Yeah. And, 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 no, no, I'm paying attention. Oh, by the way, Adrian mentioned um, Harold Washington, Chicago. He was a Sigma man, by the way. I just want to throw that. Oh, no. Michael, if you want to start going to history and trash, you don't want to go there, bro. Just go ahead, make your damn point. Don't be throwing your little Sigmas in here. Michael, no, he's one of the few sigmas under 55. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, make there's your point. Don't get me started, Michael. Go. There, there's a lot of us under 55. Michael, finish but your yeah, point. You, so, so what you're dealing with is you're dealing with um, the way that uh, Democrats uh, relate to different generations. 
Okay, so uh, I'm neither Democrat nor Republican, but I'm definitely not stupid. And I can see whose policies are more beneficial for African Americans and whose policies are detrimental for African Americans. So there has to be, you know, we've talked about this before, Roland, and uh, last Friday I mentioned this. When you look at the Republican Party, they set up these uh, information centers in Latino communities, these brick-and-mortar information centers. They did outreach, okay, like in uh, Arizona, like in Florida. They did outreach to the community. And they had continuous... They, they also had citizenship classes as well, okay? MSNBC did a story on this. So you have to have constant contact. You have to have constant... You have to build that relationship, okay? Not two or three... Uh, months before the election, but you have to do the investment. And also, you have to hire African-American organizations and, 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 and agencies that have experience in do making those relationships with the African-American community and turning out the African-American vote. So, and lastly, you've got to speak to... You've got to speak to the issues and explain to them how your policies are better for African-Americans than Republican policies. And you have to drive home that message. But the, the, the thing here, uh, uh, Rebecca, uh, I'm going to go Rebecca, Randy, mm -hmm. Julian, uh, and then, trust me, I'm, I'm getting everybody. Uh, the thing here, and then, uh, I got you, Karen. Rebecca, the thing here is, when we talk about how to move forward, <clears throat> it has to be a multi-dimensional strategy mm -hmm. based upon regions of the country, based upon states and based upon cities. It can't be sort of this, this blanket assumption that, oh, this is going to work everywhere. It's simply not going to be the case. When you start looking at numbers, again, more black voters in Texas than anywhere else. Well, how do you turn those folks out? 900,000 in Louisiana, only 10% voted early. Okay, you got to have a strategy to actually deal with that. You got to have the 38% of black folks to make up the state of Mississippi. Okay, how do you reach those rural black folks there? And when we start breaking down, look, Beasley's down in North Carolina. What happens there? Also, uh, you look at the race out of, um, look at the race out of, uh, first of all, right now, 74% of the votes in, this is, again, Herschel Walker uh, is at 49.2. Raphael Warnock is at 48.8 mm. mm. uh, in that mm. particular race there. of the votes in. Uh, that's according to the Associated Press. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's in this understanding again. Mm. How, how are you, how are you reaching people? It has to be a multi-pronged strategy. And what what you have is a apparatus that really is just stuck on the thirty-year-old. Again, let's talk in October. Let's visit black churches. <laughs> let's get some endorsements. And the black electorate has changed. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple things. So one of the big things and one of the big questions that I have now, is... I don't, I don't know if this is a member of Congress calling me. You go ahead and keep talking. <laughs> one of the big uh, things... I'm going to go take this phone call. One yes, of the big this things... is a black show. <laughs> yeah, Rob <Rolf laughs> the show right there. Hey, Scott, this is my shit. Go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> Let me talk about the big thing. The big question that I have is... That's what would have happened? <laughs> Look at Scott. He, he think he in charge of something. <laughs> that's what you get. Yeah, exactly. I knew it was something. Scott, <laughs> let me get, get my point I'm out. I'm sorry, go right ahead. No, no, I, go ahead. 
Because normally it says no call ID. That's Maxine Waters. But go right here. Let's call back. Go ahead. So here's my point. What would have happened if the White House would have used this bully puppet to actually pass meaningful voting rights legislation? Instead of the infrastructure bill? What would have happened? Would mm. it when Fulton mm. County, where you had early voting sites that got closed or got moved, would that have happened? In Georgia, where it's now illegal to give someone a drink <clears throat> of water when they stand right. in a hours-long line, would that have happened? In Beaumont, Texas, where black voters face some intimidation and it required the Beaumont NAACP to um, go have an emergency hearing with a judge to make sure that voter intimidation wasn't happening at polling sites? Would all of those things have happened if we actually had meaningful voting rights legislation that passed? Mm -hmm. And so if we're looking at a multi-pronged approach, it starts with the White House. The White House has a bully pulpit like none other. The White House really should have pressed Congress to make sure that we actually had meaningful legislation that passed. That did not happen. And then we could talk <clears throat> about organizing and what candidates did and what candidates didn't do. How there were a lot of um, political, um, uh, a lot of politicians who decided that they wanted to choose their voters instead of voters choosing their elected official. So there's many things that happened that could have been avoided. And it's not just black folks just didn't show up. The and voting, and, Randy, voting and, Randy, right. and folks, and we were saying that and mm -hmm. was kind of like, all right, but the White House kept, oh, no, no, no. Well, if that all gets behind the infrastructure bill, mm -hmm. build back better. Because, again, they were trying to appeal <clears throat> to the folks White who Tim America. Ryan was trying to reach in Ohio. Yes. And mm -hmm. Tim Ryan lost. Right. And, and here's the whole deal. I, 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 can't wait to, I can't wait to break down uh, the Ryan race. They've already called their race for J.D. Vance. Right. Uh, yeah. And I can't wait to break oh, that shit. down because I really want to go through and see uh, how it performed. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I know for a fact... Tim Ryan did not work for the black vote. Mm. And when I say, no, 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 I got receipts. Mm -hmm. I was texting him directly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tried to get Tim Ryan to come on this show 15 months ago. Mm. I offered to go do town halls in Ohio. He never even called Alicia Reese, who was the biggest vote getter in Hamilton County in Cincinnati. Can't say nobody told him, because I texted him directly. And so mm. he was out trying to get those white votes, those blue-collar white, them Trump folks voted for Trump. And, I'm, and then I got a call today. He was calling around, what can you do for the black vote? Say, player. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's election day. Example of them taking us for granted. What like your ass been for the last up. eight, nine goddamn months? Randy, Randy, go ahead. No, I mean, you know, when you say about why aren't black people voting, you ask why aren't black people exercising mm -hmm. their power. I mean, one thing I want to say is that I think that we're forgetting that a lot of black people don't recognize that it is a power. Mm. I mean, I believe we have to go well, all the way to the beginning. The Absolutely. Mm. I mean, I believe there are a lot of black Americans that feel powerless. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of black Americans feel countryless. Mm -hmm. And so when we say it's your responsibility yeah. to vote for this country, I don't feel that there's an attachment there. Mm. And I feel like we have to start at the Despite beginning. Despite the history. Absolutely. People dying for their right to vote. Hey, dog, listen, history? listen. The reality is that, that, that from a messaging standpoint, we had Terrence Woodbury. Doesn't work. That does not work. It doesn't yeah. work. And in fact, Terrence was on even using voter suppression doesn't work. Say it again, say it again, Adrian. Oh, I had a comment to make off that, to, that dovetails off of what she just said. There, we're, you're right. We feel countryless. Many of us feel okay, countryless, but great. the other side is actually using that to their advantage to drive wedges mm -hmm. even between us right. and our own communities. Yes. Right. Like they're Especially putting black men against black women, as mm -hmm. and and we're seeing and they're they're supporting these like online influencers, not just spouting disinformation and misinformation, but like 
hate, yes. actual hate and division between black and black men and black women. Like this is unconscionable. But like I was working the polls today, not those polls. You know, I gotta be careful what I say on this show. <laughs> 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 Can I get a table dance? Can I get a table dance? Go ahead. I'm sorry. She volunteered, not those polls. By and they were like, no, 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 we're not voting. We're not voting again until Trump's back on the ballot. I'm like, what? Young man, this just cannot be like actual whole groups of young men leaving the gym talking about they're not going to vote again until Trump's on the ballot. Their, their, their disinformation and misinformation has been yeah. very, very strategic, very, and, very and, laser focused and effective. Randy, right. finish your point. That's I'm exactly go, what I was saying. We talked a lot about education and education needs to begin there where people get to understand how important it is for them to vote and how it affects them. You know, we have like Secretary of State um, running this year, and I don't think people understand this person can affect the vote. Yeah. They can say, mm -hmm. you know what? They can win or lose elections, right? But I don't yeah. think that the average person knows that. And we're not learning these things in high school. People have no information. And so it really does need to begin with just the average blowjo that has no idea, doesn't recognize the power, and says, what's the point? Why? Right? We mm -hmm. have to get yeah. those people. And Randy, and well, we have Randy, to we have to speak oh, in more in, in, play, in plainer language. Right. I mean, because I think that if the white working class that everybody keeps running behind, <laughs> but if if they understood how they're being exploited, perhaps they might vote properly. I know that the, the, there's a, there's tension between voting for their race and voting for their economic right. interests. Yes. But I see that as well with the black middle class. When you start looking at going up the income ladder, you look at how black people vote. Okay. I'm not picking on black men, but I recall when Michael Steele ran for lieutenant governor in Maryland, about 25% of black men voted Republican because a black man who was talking about minority business development mm -hmm. was on the ballot. And that was his cook, minority business development. Why don't Democrats talk more about these economic issues? I hate it, y'all, but I keep, I will always because come back. And, you, and being an economist, you probably want to hear that, yeah. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. you know, and you know what's my favorite word, Roland? Predatory capitalism. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, let me go on ahead and Hold on, Reese. Reese, hold on, Reese. Be yourself. What's that? The point is that these economic issues, as we talk about them, then we have to talk about the frailty of our coalitions. I've heard, I don't know how many times this evening, people say people of color. Well, let's get real. Black. I live in LA. Black, 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 black. I say black and everybody else. That's what I do. Because we have to be clear, especially when you're looking at LA, Rick Caruso is wooing the Latino vote and paying for it. And guess what? If Karen loses, it will be the Latino swing. But not only that, you know, we have to look at race, class, gender, class. and the ways they sometimes right. yes. intersect and somehow are other interests. If we're all in favor of economic justice, economic justice, we're all in favor of that, then we can make some coalition. And what the rich people need to understand is economic justice is in their best interest too. Right. Yes. You get a whole bunch of poor folk, mad folk, Burning your buildings down, folks. Right. <laughs> you know, that's just a suggestion. Not, so, not so, so, Karen, so Karen, Karen, Karen you're vice chair of the NAACP. Look, y'all got 2,000 chapters. Look, you're nonpartisan. Uh, but how are y'all looking at how you're going to be taking advantage of that massive infrastructure over <clears> the <throat> next two years to do what Scott's talking about? Uh, because if, if we if we think of in our in our community. 
When we think about institutions that have the capacity to do that, it's NAACP. Mm -hmm. It's also fraternities and sororities. Uh, Dr. King King talked about in his book, Where Do We Go From Here, Chaos or Community? He said there are four institutions that are primed to liberate black people. He said the Negro church, the Negro press, Negro fraternities and sororities, and Negro professional and business organizations. And he said neither one of them have ever fully committed themselves to the liberation Mm. of black people. Mm. What Mm -hmm. we're talking about is infrastructure. What Greg was talking about when I mentioned Tony Carmichael, it's organizations. When Scott was saying, hey, when are we going to do it? I fundamentally believe, Karen, that our black organizations are not fully maximizing our infrastructure that's vertical and horizontal to actually do this. Your thoughts? Well, first, I want to say I didn't know that my fraternity brother was over there, over over there off camera. But hey, hey, Mike. Well, oh, that girl, 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 oh, girl, 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 don't even, go ahead. I don't even why, why you open that door, Karen. Karen, I don't know why you even open that door. That's right. Yeah, he lonely over there. But yes, you are. I got Monique, I've got Dr. Avis, and Dr. Larry over there. Yeah, here. you lonely as hell. And another Sigma within a million yeah. miles of him. <laughs> <laughs> you got Logan with the control room. Karen, make your boy. Let me do but 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 your, but your point is a, is a great one, and um, what I would say is uh, I think that for quite some time our organizations were busy working individually. They were busy worrying about who was on first, and I think that at least for the NAACP, you know, we realized we needed to be a better partner. Uh, we've been around 113 years. And so it's not about competing with anyone. And I think in recent years, I think we've done a better job in terms of helping to use our infrastructure um, for not just ourselves, but for others. Today, we had a war room. We, you know, it started at 8. We had calls at 8, 12, 4, and 8 p.m., where we came together, and it was really impressive to see, you know, the other organizations who were part of this collaboration. You had certainly the unions in ASME, SEIU, AFT, but you had, you know, our partners in the Urban League, Higher Heights, you had Divine Nine there, you had the Black Church Pack. I mean, at one point, we probably had up to 59 59, uh, organizations sort of represented where we were sharing information in real time, talking about what was going on and we had our lawyers in, you know, 12 of the targeted states and just sharing it. This is what we have to do because there's no one organization that is going to help us get out of this. And if we're not working together, yep. we are doomed to continue to see some of the challenges that we continue to face. And we just got to get serious about it. I'm encouraged um, by the work that's happening. You know, the links were in there. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone's doing something, but we have to do it together. And the Deloches out of Ohio are a prime example of you don't have to have no title. It's about really us influencing within the circles that we have within our family and our friends, and then our organizations being able. So this uh, this 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 midterms, we distributed like seven million dollars to fifty five groups. When, had, when, when did you ever really hear of the NAACP giving its money to organizations outside? 
I mean, these are the things that we have to now do in which to be able to, to impact um, our communities and impact the results of these elections. All right, Karen Towns, Vice Chair uh, of the NAACP. Of elections, they're uh, calling some key races. Uh, Karen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Thank you so very much, Reese. Now you have to go. I want you to get your final comment here, but I'm gonna set up with the question here. It's also Reese embracing non-traditional voices. Uh, and that right. is, uh, and, and, and not just, you know, falling for, you know, the same folk. No, you have to understand, <clears throat> get, people are listening to different people in different ways, different platforms. Absolutely, and not all those people know what the hell they're talking about, but they can be very <laughs> persuasive. And so I think, Roland, if you just look at your chat tonight, mm -hmm. this is a critical night. It is 50% trolls. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. speaks to the deliberate relentlessness of the way that the Republican Party operatives, chaos agents, we had Holy. Russia um, uh, interfering in our elections, Iran, China, uh, China other countries, they are all hands on deck every moment to try to YouTube suppress and, oh, and, and, and get mm. black people to, conv to convince that their votes don't count or they should be voting the other way. And so none of this is organic. None of this is happening by happenstance. And until Democrats really grapple with what they're up against, we're going to continue to be outgunned. But the last thing I'll say is looking ahead. You guys have talked a little bit about how this is going to turn into a state's issue, a state's issue for now, until they get the majority in the House and the Senate and the White House. And so the charge for the next couple of years now is to go to your local school board meetings, to your council meetings, to your uh, hold your legislatures accountable at the state level, accountable at the state level, participating in your primaries. Congress is up for election every two years, so we're going to be back here. If you have off your elections, like in Virginia, your work is not done. There's some runoffs coming up, likely. Mm -hmm. So you have to still keep your foot on foot on the pedal. I hate to say it because I'm tired of begging and pleading for everybody to vote, but that's just the reality that we're in because this is the easiest thing that we can do to vote. But then after that, we have to stay engaged. And then just one more thing I have to say is just like credibility is a cumulative thing. You cannot have mm -hmm. Tim Ryan texting you, Roland or whoever, texting on the day <laughs> of election looking for get out of jail free card. They have to starting tomorrow. If you lost today and you ran again, you need to be on black media. If you mm -hmm. won, you need to be on black media so that you can win again. These folks that think that they're just going to do an MSNBC interview, a CNN interview, or whoever, you are going to continue to lose ground. The Republicans cultivate their base. They cultivate their media. The Kirks, yep. the Owens, yep. the crackpots, they're on there every time. And we have to beg and plead to get these folks to come to us. And so this is the evidence. Some of it is the mm. campaign. Some of it is the structure. But the reality is, to the extent that the candidates can improve their lot, they have to start by building credibility in our communities. And that starts with black media. Well, if everybody in the room, y'all can give Reese a stand ovation, because she didn't use the F word one time. It wasn't no ML. <laughs> she didn't use the F word. I mean, I was waiting. I was like, not one. Damn, Reese, you must got company over. <laughs> you must got your mama, your, your, your people must be over. You ain't cuz your, your baby sitting right next to you. I mean, my, she, not one time. I'm behaving. Shocking. <laughs> oh, my God. You you must have took, like, a Benadryl or something before the show. <laughs> All right, Reese, we appreciate you. Thanks so much. Uh, Adrian, final comment. Steve, final comment. Uh, and then I'm going to do a, I'm gonna, uh, do, a, do a, 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 go to a break, then come back, continue the conversation. Adrian, go. 
Yeah, no, I just wanted to let you know that 538 is projecting a few of these races already. Um, Kathy Hochul in New York, um, Brian Kemp in in Georgia, (laughs) (laughs) and Joe Shapiro uh, is going to win in Pennsylvania. I I like 538. Their data is really wonky, but they just called it about five, six minutes ago. All right, then. Adrian, we appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Look forward to having you back on the the Blackest Show. Out here. Oh, one more thing. I just wanted to tell you that uh, Jonathan Jackson told me to tell you hi tell, at his victory party. J- tell yeah. Jonathan what's up. Look forward to seeing him. Congressman Jackson. Yes, Congressman, Congressman elect Jonathan Jackson. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Steve, sure. uh, look, you've been talking about it. It comes down to the money, Steve. You got to put it where it's supposed to go. You do, and, and, and you also have to fight the issues and inspire people to actually turn out. And then I hadn't seen the whether there's a Kemp call or not, but I, the reporters were already calling me about trying to do Stacey's political obituary, which caused me <laughs> to go, this is a black show, to go and look up the uh, statewide election track record of the Secretary of Transportation, who, when he ran in Indiana, got 37% of the vote. And yet people are still talking about uh, Buttigieg to be the next president of the United States. So there is this whole this whole issue. But it comes down to investment, right? The chapter on Georgia in my book is called Georgia, That's Not One We Expected, which is what Joe Biden said on election night, which is a reflection of the fact that they did not invest in or expect to win um, in Georgia. And so, you know, I'm thinking about the, the, sort of the whole Stacey conclusion is that all hail the house that Stacey built starting with Joe Biden sitting in the White House yeah. and Chuck Schumer running the Senate, that infrastructure that she has built. But she had to do it on her own. And I know because I was trying to help her build it. And so this is the real challenge. And you've been on this you know, tip um, for a long time, Roland. And this is what we really need to move forward going, for- going forward. There's hundreds of millions of dollars that are being spent by these different Democratic Party committees. And almost all of it goes to television. Yep. Whereas we would actually invest in hiring up this infrastructure in the states, that is what we need to do. And we can, over the course of the next few years, continue the progress in Georgia, continue the progress in uh, Texas um, and Florida, North Carolina, potentially Arizona, where this maybe actually be some surprising results. So that's the fundamental point. And then I, I'll just leave you with the, the shout-out. I'm not in a fraternity, so I'm not going to get into that game. But to let you know that my my nephew, uh, Christian Phillips, uh, is a sophomore now at uh, Texas A&M. So I'm with you. All right, then. Gig'em. I appreciate it, Steve. Thanks a bunch. All right, folks, we're going to do a reset. Going to go to a break. Uh, folks, hold tight. Great conversation. We're going to have more. I'm going to give you an update uh, on some races. They're calling some races. Give you an update on the Senate race uh, in Georgia. Update on the Senate race in North Carolina. We'll check in and see what's happening uh, in Wisconsin. Also, Pennsylvania. They call the governor's race. But we'll give you an update what's happening in that U.S. Senate race. And so it's still up in the air. Who's going to control the United States Senate? Uh, we're also watching the Senate race in Nevada and Arizona as well. Uh, those polls uh, closed not long ago. We should start seeing numbers come in there as well. And so, uh, folks, you're watching the Blackest Election Night coverage out there on the Black Star Network. Uh, nobody else is doing the way we're doing it. And trust me, y'all know ain't no color on those other networks at all. At all. And surely no two short references. <laughs> you're watching the Black Star Network back in a moment.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.